The coding durability test puts excess through a cycle of 10,000 strums. Through the lens of a microscope, it is clear that excess retains its composition better than other coded strings. Testing complete. John Bolger with Premier Guitar. I'm with Joe Robinson. Joe, that was fantastic. Thank Thanks you, for man. being here, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. God, mind-blowing. Uh, love your work. <laughs> so glad you're able to do this. Uh, I've been following you forever, and uh, I'm glad it, the stars aligned. Um, we're, at it, city uh, we're at the City Winery in Nashville right now, and Joe actually just came in from Montana, where you've recently moved. Yeah, moved out there this summer, and uh, we love it. It's nice to be back in Nashville. I was, I was living here for 12 years. I'm from Australia originally, but moved down to Nashville when I was, I should say up to Nashville. Yeah, from down right. under. Yeah. And I moved here when I was 18. Yeah. And so it's nice to be back here playing with some good friends. We're doing a little recording this week. So it's going to be fun. Great. Well, why don't you tell me about this guitar? And I've seen you, I've seen you in this bag a lot. Yeah. So I've been playing maiden guitars since I was a kid. In fact, my father had a making guitar that was hidden under the bed that I couldn't play when I was young. It was the good guitar. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm very proud to have my own signature model maiden. This is called the JR Signature. It was released in 2020 at the NAMM show. Wow. And the tone woods are Tasmanian myrtle back and sides, which is quite a unique wood. It's actually a member of the beech family. It's not a myrtle, but it's an Australian tone wood. Mahogany neck, rosewood fingerboard, rosewood bridge uh, yeah and the maiden pickup it, as you can hear sounds really phenomenal oh, it's just such a great stage guitar yeah and I use it for recording as well now what is the top on it is it spruce oh sorry spruce yes. yeah. yeah wow great yeah that proprietary pickup is incredible yeah it really it's such a sensitive sound uh, you can really play with such such a delicate touch right. and get a huge sound. Anyone's familiar with to Tommy Emanuel, if you've seen him live, you've heard the power of the Maiden guitars right. as well as many other great people that use it. And one of the key differences with this guitar is it has a custom fret wire that hmm. Joe Glazer turned me on to. Really? It's a little wider than a Martin fret and taller than a Gibson fret. So it's kind of this sweet spot. And anyone who wants to know more can go to Maiden's website and click on this model and they have all the specs. And uh, yeah, it's really a great fretwire. I have it in all my acoustic guitars. That's great. You know, I, I like the fact that you took a signature guitar and you didn't just go with what they already had. You put your own spin on it. Yeah. I had to insist, because I mean, it's, it's what I use in all my guitars. Yeah. And with the way I play, 
going between acoustic and electric, the larger frets, they, they, feel, they feel more comfortable to me. And uh, I, I use a, a bit of a peculiar string gauge as well. So I have a set of 12 to 54, but I don't use the 12. I put a 14 on the top. Wow. And everyone thinks that sounds really heavy, but you play the guitar and it actually feels really easy to play. Are you in actually, standard tuning the whole time? Yeah, yeah, wow. just standard tuning. I, I would like to play in other tunings, but the practicality of carrying so many guitars on yeah. the road, I don't like tuning during songs. Sure. And it kind of really bugs me if I have to do that. So. Uh, yeah, I just stay in standard tuning, and I got the idea from Pat Berkerson, who's my oh. buddy, and uh, Pat's gonna be me playing tonight. But it just gives you a little more, a little more tone. Yeah. On the high, on the high E, and uh, I'm just so used to it. I've been playing with that gauge for about ten years now, so I'm just, I, I'm just used to it with the way I play. Right, and what strings, what, what brand? Ernie Ball. Okay, what, yeah. uh, what, do you know what? So I go between the Paradigm. Yeah. I use just Phosphor Bronze, Paradigm and the Earthwood. Huh. I really love the Earthwood, but I also really love the Paradigm. Yeah, I just discovered so, those as well. Yeah. They're, the, yeah, they, I love those. The Paradigms will get me through two shows, maybe even three shows, and, uh, and they just sound, they sound great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, what, picks are you using? Because I see you, I, I've, I've seen you mostly on thumb picks, Yeah. but when you're on electric, I'd, anyway. So when, yeah. I, when, when I play solo, I'm usually playing fingerstyle. I have three different picks I use. My thumb pick that I use when I'm playing fingerstyle is a Dunlop medium, just a basic Dunlop medium, but I don't shave it down. I, I like the ones that are this kind of tortoiseshell color, yeah. they're plastic. The white ones are a little bigger. And I find that if I get a bag, maybe three of them fit perfectly, and then another two or three feel a little bit like they don't fit perfect. Yeah. And then it depends on how much salt you've had. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, right. the weather, on yeah, yeah, whether yeah. the pick fits just right. So yeah. it's, it's a bit of a, a guessing game. I have three in my pocket right now. And sometimes I play with, with no thumb pick. I just use the pads of my fingers, so I don't use fingernails. And... Uh, for flat picks, I have these two picks here. I use a, a Dunlop Jazz 3, which is kind of the tried and true. Yeah. That's my electric guitar pick of choice. And I have this blue chip TAD60 that I really love for acoustic playing. And these picks just sound fantastic. So that's what's in my pocket. And I have two of the blue chips and I haven't lost them in like three or four years. I'm quite oh, proud, proud wow, of myself yeah. in, that, in that respect. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. I can't hold on to one for two or three weeks. Really? Yeah. Now, what amp are you using? We'll get into your electric rig later, but yeah. let's talk about so, this. Right now I'm using this AER Alpha. And the reason I'm using this amp on this gig is because I flew in from Montana and I have a Pelican case that fits my 1967 Champ in it and this AER. I normally use an Udo Rosner Decapo 75, oh. which Udo, Udo was the one who designed this AER, and he went out on his own, created his own amp, and I, I prefer it to this, but this one fits in my road case. Oh yeah, totally so that's get why it. I have it. Yeah. And they're both great amps. Uh, and how do you, do you send the signal out through the, uh, through the XLR, XLR route? Yeah, so the way I do it, and this is a little, a little uh, p p peculiar, but I send two signals out. 
So I send one from the back of the amp, which is the dry signal, and then I take the line out, oh. which includes the reverb, right. and then I'll send that through a little DI box that's made by Shaw Audio, which is a great sounding DI, and I'll send that as the wet signal. So if I'm playing on stage and I want to turn the reverb up for effect, I can do that and it'll come through the wet channel. Oh. Also, if I, if I feel like I'm not getting enough volume, which happens a lot, I'm cut. Sure. There's nothing worse than getting on stage and being a solo acoustic guitar oh. and you're just like, there just needs to be another 2 dB. Yeah. So I can, I can turn up the, uh, the master, I'm sorry, oh. the, the, the preamp and turn the master down and that doesn't affect the, uh, the dry signal. Oh, that's great. It, and anyway, it doesn't affect the volume of the amp because if the amp gets too loud, it starts to get boomy up here, but sure. I, can, I can make the sound dry a little it, annoyed when I crank it. <laughs> right, and it's the eternal soft. speaker is just for you to monitor. Yeah. Do you put any in your wedge or just go? A smidge. Yeah. And only if I can't really feel the house. Yeah. So if I, if I can feel the house a lot, I don't even like to use the monitor. Yeah. Um, but here, the house, I, I usually use my loop pedal here and I'll, I'll play a loop and then I'll walk out there and listen to how it sounds. Oh, yeah. And then I'll, I'll make a judgment on whether, I'm going to ask the front of house engineer to turn it up a little or whether it's good and I need yeah. to get a little in the monitor. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's pretty much what I do. I set the EQ pretty much flat. Sometimes I'll roll the bass off a little bit. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been using the Maiden AER or the Maiden DeCapo combo for for uh, over 15 years now since well. I was yeah well. in my early teen years. Well. It's a great combo. And in front of it you're just using looks like a TC tuner. Yep. And the boss loop and that's it. Yep. And this is a, a fly rig so I've weighed every pedal, I've weighed every patch cable to try and get it to be as light as possible. Yeah. And so I use the TC tuner because it's half the weight right. of, of a Bosch tuner. Yeah. But the Bosch ones are a little sturdy. I have to be a little careful if I stomp yeah. on these too hard. They'll they'll rock. Very but I just bright, use though. the you can you can definitely see that yeah that readout. <laughs> but yeah, I just have the uh, the Boss RC1 looper and uh, I was the one that did the original product demo when they launched that really? back in 2016 or so, and it's just it's just a perfect looper for me. It's really simple. I like pedals with one knob, as you're going to see right. later, but it just has a level, and and it's really it's really quick. I've had other loop pedals in the past that have all broken, and the Boss ones have never broken. And I use this uh, yeah foot switch to turn it off. Yeah. So great. That's my acoustic kind of chain. Okay, well let's uh, let's get into your electric. Great. Okay, so now we're in uh, Teleland. Yep. Tell so, me all about that. So this is a great guitar. It's basically a 53 Telecaster. It's not a, it's not an old one and it wasn't even made by Fender. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> guitar and I'll tell you to me I I'm totally enamored with Ron Ellis's pickups. These are Ron Ellis's pickups. This is the Julian Large I, w I wish I could remember exactly the combination, but it's the JL neck, and then it's the, I believe it's the 52T bridge. I hope I'm, I'm not telling you the wrong models, but Ron Ellis's pickups, uh, as soon as I put them in, uh, the, the other Telecaster I used to use a lot, I was just so blown away. They, bring, wow. they really bring out so much of the instrument. So this is, uh, yeah, like a 50s style Tele with a nice medium C neck. Uh, Same frets looks like. Yeah, r roughly speaking, um, kind of a 
standard, slightly bulkier electric fret yeah. with a more modern radius than the old, you know, t the old vintage tellies. And I, I have kind of played Gretsch guitars a lot. I've played a Strat quite a bit over the over the years, and I've kind of come back to the telly. I remember when I was out with Robin Ford, we did a project called the Guitar Army, yeah. which was back in 2016, and. Robin hinted at me that he felt like I wasn't getting the tone on the Strat that was really had a had a voice, and I learned so much from hanging with Robin and listening God, to to Robin, and uh, he connected me with Alexander Dumble as well, who became a, a good friend, and I visited him, you know, wow. at his home a half dozen times, and so I feel like I really got a schooling on tone hanging with Robin and sitting in Alexander's living room playing. Right. And I've come back to, to playing a telly, which is, which I'm really enjoying. When I'm on stage, I, I just like to have as little to think about as possible. Right. If, if I could have one pickup, I'd be happy. <laughs> but this, this, uh, this guitar sounds great. I'll, I'll yeah, play, play Yeah, play some. It's just got a great, great voice. Fabulous. Is that an ash body? Yeah. It's a yeah, very ash Vince body. Gill right. vibe. Yeah, yeah, similar to the, the 53 Telly Vince played. Yeah. Plays. God, so, it uh, sounds great. Yeah, it's. So string wise. It's all the boxes. What do you? I use Ernie Ball strings, and these are 10 to 46. I used to use 12s, then I used 11s for a while, then I was using 10 and a halfs, yeah. and. There's something about tens. To, to me, the biggest thing is not necessarily the sound, but it's the it's the attack you need to hit the note with. Yeah. And if the strings are a little heavier, you have to dig in a little more. And, and I find that there's there is something really nice about tens in in terms of the touch. And so I've gone back to using tens. Well, great. And yeah, just just only ball, ten to forty six. And amp-wise, I assume this is a backline super. This belongs to my friend Mike Gannon, who's playing alongside me tonight. It's a 67 yeah. super. Wow. It's pretty clean, isn't clean. it? Clean, yeah. Um, I, I am mostly using blackface Fender amps. I have yeah. a little champ that I use that's a 67 champ that's kind of become my main recording amp. And D Dumble turned me on to champs. Really? And he, he, he sent me the Celestian speaker model he'd recommend I put, I put in it. And uh, yeah, I put it in a Pelican and fly around and do my solo one-man shows with the, the champ. Tonight I'm playing with a, a full band, Nia Z on drums, Michael Rhodes on bass, Pat Bergeson and Mike Gannon playing guitar with me. So I needed a little more muscle than sure. a champ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a deluxe reverb at home that I also use lots from 66. And I have a Showman from 67 that Kai Kennedy modded. Oh, cool. And uh, the first channel has a little more of a Marshall kind of Band, uh, basement kind of Brent thing. Mason, I think, has a... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same treatment that he did for Brent, I believe. Yeah. And I use that with a 115 cab, oh. which sounds pretty humongous. Sure. Um, so I really like blackface amps. 
and I just got a little Tweed Deluxe from Mike Moody, from mm. who makes Magic Amps, yeah. and it's really amazing. It's it's almost like with a blackface amp, I need to use a little a little dirt in front of it. Sure. But with the Tweed, I can plug straight in, and and it's just it's just got the magic. Yeah. So that's what I'm playing. And on the floor, very modest uh, pedal board. Yes, I'm. I'm glad you agree. Many people look at my pedal board and are, and are quite confused because they're like, how do you have two loopers? Yeah. But I have the acoustic side uh, you know, to the right and then the electric side to the left. So like I said, I'm going for as lightweight as possible. Yeah. And I've stopped using a delay. I've, I'm really just trying to not touch the pedal board unless I want to play a little wah-wah or unless I want to create a loop which I don't really do a lot of looping, but what I do is that if I'm playing a solo acoustic song and I don't want to just finish it and then pick up electric, I'll play a little acoustic and then I'll do some kind of a little loop, put it down, and the guitar keeps going yeah. and everyone goes, what's going on? <laughs> and then I'll pick up electric and play over the top a little bit. And it's more of a transition tool yeah. than anything. So I don't really try, try not to rely on them too much. But the chain is just this TC tuner into a Crybaby Mini, which is, that's a great sound. Yeah. And then into a Nobel's ODR Mini, and you run that at 18 volts, and it sounds it sounds a little brighter than at nine volts. Really? I've just figured that out. And the drive, if I'm using my Champ, I'll have the drive on zero. <laughs> Tonight I'm using the Super, so the drive's kind of on uh, a quarter to, you know, kind of a half. Yeah. And it's just a bit of a, I, I, I set it and I don't touch it. That's, right. that's my goal. Sometimes I'm fiddling with it, but it's not my intention. And then into the, the looper with the foot switch again, and then this Hall of Fame reverb that I love because it has one knob and it sounds really great. Right. And it's, it uh, takes, I mean, if I have to sit there and look, and look at, at four knobs and make sure that everything's <laughs> right, like, it's like, I just, that just stresses me out. Yeah, in one knob, it's like, okay, more or less. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. So, well, yeah, and how are you powering all this? So there's a Seox, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it, okay. power supply underneath, and it's bolted to the, the pedal board, it's the Metro. I, I debated whether to try to find a lighter power supply because this one's pretty heavy, but I, I decided to leave it because... You're, you're talking about ounces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're talking yeah, about... Yeah. My, my Pelican is 40, 48 pounds, yeah. so I have a little bit of give, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really trying to keep it as... Yeah. As fly, fly well, uh, Yeah, mission accomplished. That's about as lean <laughs> as you could hope to get. But it, it's, it sounds great, and it's, it's nice for the kind of fingerstyle stuff too. If I was yeah, to do like a little a, bit of that.
what is it about the Australian outback? I guess there's nothing else to do but just practice all the time. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, <laughs> I grew up in a house that we got hot water in 2001. <laughs> wow. So I remember like my parents boiling a pot of water on the wood-fired stove, which was our only way to cook, by the way. Even in summer in Australia, we light that fire every day. Yeah. And boil a pot of water, pour it into this big garbage can thing with a shower nozzle on the bottom and we go and hang it on the clothesline and you know we never dried our clothes with a machine that was such a bizarre thing for me as with many things when i came to america <laughs> but we go out there and we'd shower under the under the, the bucket and uh still to this day if my dad goes to stay with someone he'll turn the water on turn it off lather up <laughs> and, then, and then turn it back on to conserve water it's just kind of like there wasn't anything to do. There was a, a TV this big that had two channels on it, and, and they were both fuzzy. Right. So I, um, I had some friends who had VHS tapes and DVDs. Well, this was before DVDs, actually. But I'd bootleg anyone who had a, a live music concert or the, the best, like the, the, the thing I was really searching for were instructional VHS videos. Oh, so yeah. I would eat my cereal every day in front of <laughs> Eric Johnson's uh, Hot Lips video, Danny Gatton's Hot Lips oh, video, yeah. and uh, that's really how I, I got into the world of guitar. I also went to the Salvation Army and bought a 10-year supply of Guitar Player magazine uh. for like $25 or something, <laughs> and it was from the 80s, right. so that was when, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on oh, back then. So amazing stuff. Yeah. I was, uh, that's how I learned, yeah. and when, when YouTube came about, uh, I, I got real into well, it was like the whole world opened up. Sure. I got to meet Phil and Tommy Emmanuel when I was 11, and hearing them play together, and hearing Phil's confidence, oh, and, yeah, and the way they listened, Tommy's, I mean, to Tommy's unbelievable playing and power and charisma and musicality and the, the melodic nature of everything they played. It really just changed my life. Yes, so. those guys, it was like a conversation, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like the whole time, like <laughs> where they played. Phil, Phil became a dear, a dear friend, and you know, he, he would breed reptiles, and uh, I, I did I, not. I, I know took that. a I took a, my, <laughs> my my rhythm section uh, to Phil's house one time along the road, yeah. and this is a couple guys who had never been to Australia, and we walked into Phil's living room, and he has about 50 snakes. He had about 50 snakes. Did he, you give him any warning or just uh, <laughs> send them into the snake pit? So yeah. Phil loves he loved to shock people, so he <laughs> he had a big water python, you know, like a. 10 foot big black water python oh. and he had a couple of mice and he he'd rub them by the tail and he'd whack them and then he'd throw them to oh. the water python and the pythons would be writhing around and my mates are just going oh, yeah. what's going on here so <laughs> and he, he used to call my mom who was working as a veterinary nurse at the time and say hey kath i need some i need some mice do you have any mice at the clinic and she'd say oh yeah we got we got some frozen mice and rats in the in the freezer and so we'd turn up to phil's gig with a little cooler oh yeah and give him a, uh, a top up and, and he'd drive back to his place with a little cool and keep filling it up with ice anyway he was a wonderful a wonderfully charismatic person and they amazing Tom, talent Tommy and Phil really changed my life yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. that's beautiful man and God I guess hearing them play like that in person yeah. just made you see it's possible you know uh, definitely and 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 Phil flat out told me he said Joe you're probably the best 12-year-old guitar player I've seen. He said, most kids your age are listening to some Limp Biscuit crap. And here you are playing Jerry Reed's. Yeah. Uh, I was playing 
there was a fellow up in the bush who had a copy of Heavy Neckin, which is the book John Knowles transcribed. So they played all the Heavy Neckin tunes. Yeah. And Mr. Lucky was the first Jerry Reed tune I learned, which is like this kind of thing. Just great. just great music. So yeah. they, they really made me believe in myself, and for that I'll be forever grateful. Yeah. So I have another special guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. Please, you. let's see that. So this is a guitar that was brought down here by Carter Vintage, and I'm very lucky to play it, to say the least. Okay, so I've seen this guitar before. Tell us about it. So this is a 1960 Burst Les Paul, I believe. This is uh, being sold and the proceeds are going to Homes for Our Troops, which is a great cause. So Carter Vintage brought it down here for me to play during the gig, so I'm very lucky. That's and, great. And actually, we saw uh, Joe Bonamassa had this at his rundown just a yeah. few months ago. So really cool. I think it's making the rounds to all the great players. <laughs> so I'll play a little on it. I got to play that tune with, with Les before he died. How amazing. It was my first trip to the US and we went down to the Iridium. My yeah. friend, a uh, young guitarist named Brian Brown, we went down there and got to sit in with him. So God, that's so great. Yeah, that's right. He had that, isn't that great too? He lived to be what, roughly 100 years old, like 99? Yeah, he was, I think, 90, 96 maybe. Huh. And he but, was gigging the whole time. Yeah, the story I heard was that he would drive home after every performance and listen to the board mix of his gig to critique his playing. Uh, even into his mid-90s. God. I found that really inspiring. So. Yeah, that is inspiring. Well, hey, man, you're inspiring. It is great Thanks, to see John. you. Thanks for uh, being here today. Check him out. This is John Bolger. Till next time. <laughs>